Good morning! Beautiful Sunday morning here in Lake Havasu City. And I want to take a moment to welcome those who are worshiping with us. We are glad that you can have this opportunity to worship with us. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Please join me in the prayer of the day. Oh God, God your, your Son makes, makes himself known to all of his disciples in the breaking of the bread. Open, open the, the eyes of our faith, faith that we may see him in his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our gospel today is from the 24th chapter of Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast and sad. One of them, named Cleopas, asked, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more... It is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as they had said, but they did not see him. He said to them, how foolish are you, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as he was going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem and there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened to them on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. The Gospel of our Lord. Let's pray together the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit 
we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. This through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, as many of you know, last weekend, I and five others from Mount Olive were at the Via de Cristo retreat up in Las Vegas. This Holy Spirit prayer that you and I just prayed, we prayed that prayer a number of times throughout the weekend. I would venture to say within a 72-hour period of time, we prayed this prayer over 20 times. It became a part of our daily repeating mantra. Of course, we didn't just pray it. We sang it. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Maybe we're going to start doing that here. Maybe we're going to start singing the Holy Spirit prayer rather than praying it. One of the reasons why we prayed that prayer as many times as we did is because we prayed it with a sense and a confidence and anticipation and a trust that Jesus and the gifts of grace that Jesus brings would be revealed and made known to those who would hear the witness. Because that's what this whole entire weekend was about. It was about witnessing to Jesus Christ and the grace of God given to us through his life, death, and resurrection. All of us here, we are all, we are all witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ through faith. You see, for many of us, our faith and the reason why we came to have faith is first and foremost a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And secondly, it is because, it is because someone in our life or a community of people in our lives had a faith conviction in the risen Christ and they intentionally, people in our lives intentionally shared that Jesus' faith with us in our lives. That's why you and I are here today as people of faith. And through the working of the Holy Spirit, something compelling happened in our lives and it made it possible for us to come to believe and to have faith and to come and to have trust in this gift of grace and forgiveness and eternal life that's in and through the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We heard it last week, did we not, in the Gospel text? Blessed are those who have not seen but have come to believe. That's you and me. There's a little unincorporated town out in South Dakota, and I want you to think about this. I want you to just kind of get a little mental image in your mind. All of us know one of those places. We all know of this little, little teensy town that's basically almost non-existent now. You, you, you know where they are. Get it, get, it, get it into your mind. Think about it. Just imagine it for a moment. Well, the place that I'm thinking of uh, is a little town out in northeast South Dakota by the name of Lily. And today, there are about 10 people who live there. Lily, South Dakota used to be a rural a, 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 a rural hub, a major rural hub. It was a happening town many years ago. It was a really happening town. We had the railroad, the grain elevators, a school where my dad and all my aunt and uncles went to school. There was a dance hall, a drugstore, gas stations, churches, grocery store, 
you get the picture. It was a town out in rural South Dakota, and it was a happening place. Lily, South Dakota happens to be a place where my great-grandpa land homesteaded some land. And then something significant happened. The railroad pulled out. And you know what happens to towns when railroads pull out? They die. The town slowly died and the businesses left and all that remains today are a few homes. And my guess is, if all of us lived long enough to see it, in the next 50 to 100 years, there will be little or nothing left of that little unincorporated town. It'll just be a blop. It'll just be a blot of land with maybe some concrete slabs and maybe taken over by uh, big, big farming and plowed under and made into, made into rural farming land. It was in the Lutheran church in Lilly, South Dakota, where I was ordained. People were married in that church. Children were conceived in Lilly, South Dakota. I was conceived on a farmhouse in Lilly, South Dakota. People grew up there. Some very important things happened in that town over the years. And someday very soon, the existence of that town is going to be no more. And yet, and yet, that does not, that does not negate the fact that acts of faith, that growth in faith in Jesus, and that the revelatory moments with Christ happened there. That there was there was Christian community there at one time. And faith was shared. And people's lives were affected by the witness of Christ in that community. I say that because I want you to know something. Did you know that the town of Emmaus no longer exists? If you think, if you thought up until this very day that Emmaus is a town over in the Middle East, it isn't anymore. Emmaus doesn't exist as a matter of fact, archaeologists have attempted for years and years and years to try and find the town or the village of Emmaus, and some think that they have. And yet there is still no concrete evidence to this day that Emmaus, where Emmaus was located. It was a very important place. Emmaus was a very important place in the time of Jesus, and it was important because it is one of the places in our scriptural witness that says that Jesus revealed himself as the resurrected Christ from the dead. Emmaus no longer exists as a village or a town. It does not negate the fact that Jesus revealed himself in the town of Emmaus after he was resurrected from the dead. It happened. And it happened in a time and a place that once was a village on a map, but it's no more. And now that you know that, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's, it's caused me to uh, ask the question, what is Emmaus to you? Is Emmaus simply a biblical town in your mind? Does it hold sacred ground in your heart and in your mind because it was a resurrection sighting site? You know, they've got these places, you know, if you, if you go over to the Middle East now, you can go to Jerusalem and you can go to these places like, you know, the Wailing Wall and these places where, you know, where they supposedly this is Jesus' tomb and, you know, all those different places where you can go. Well, you can't actually go to Emmaus now and say, this is where Jesus revealed himself to these two people. They don't know where it is. What is Emmaus to you? Does it, does it, does it stand as a symbol or a metaphor that represents a place of journey. You know, there is something about this story 
this encounter with these two men in Jesus walking on the road that has always held our attention. It's one of those fascinating stories. It's unique to the Gospel of Luke only. And yet we all know it. We all know this story. And yet there's also something about it that's mysterious because Jesus appears to these two and he's been with them for a long time. I mean, this was not just a leisure stroll. I mean, seven miles, that's, that's a bit of a, a jaunt. And he spoke with them and he revealed God's salvation history to them. And, and yet we are told that all this time that he was walking with them, that they didn't recognize him. But finally, finally, after the two men got to their village, got to the place where they were going to be settling in for the evening, got to their home, finally they twisted Jesus' arm. And literally, that's what the Scripture passage means. When you look at the Greek word that they compelled Jesus, no, they didn't compel Jesus, they twisted his arm. (laughs) They said, we want you to stay with us tonight. We want you to come in and share a meal with us. It's then that Jesus was revealed to the two in the blessing and the breaking of the bread. Even though Emmaus was an actual town or village 2,000 years ago, a wondrous encounter took place there with the appearance of Christ after his resurrection. Its physical existence is no more. A journey that was taken that day by two men and Jesus on the road, talking about God's presence in the world through the life of Moses and the prophets. The journey eventually revealed the resurrected Christ and the witnessing to the resurrection, it was birthed again. And what I mean by that when I say it was birthed again is because they, after they saw Jesus, what did they do? They got up, they went in haste to Jerusalem and they found the disciples And they said, hey, we've seen the Lord. Another birth of the resurrection sighting took place. You know, the more I contemplate and reflect on this story, the more that I am convinced that Emmaus, Emmaus represents a place of faith journey for us today. Think about that. One of the things I want you to take home with you today is I want you to think about this whole idea that Emmaus is a place of faith journey for us. A biblical scholar and theologian by the name of Bruce Epperly says, because we know that Emmaus no longer physically exists as a village or a town, it makes it possible for us to be open to the possibility that Emmaus is everywhere. I want you to think about that. Emmaus is everywhere. And as Pastor Al so frequently reminds us, is that Jesus is out there in front of us, leading us on this journey. So let's go with that premise for a moment. And let's be open to the possibility that Emmaus is everywhere. Okay? And this is another one of those things I want you to take home with you today. And I want you to think about this. And I want you to give some serious thought to this. Ask yourself the question, Where have some of those Emmaus places been for you in your faith journey? Where have some of those Emmaus places, now that we know that Emmaus is everywhere, where have some of those Emmaus places been for you? What challenges or rough places have you walked looking or hoping to see Jesus? Now, I won't bore you too long with one of my own personal stories, but I do want to just go back with a quick glance. 
When my dad was killed back in 1972, I did a lot of walking. Days on end, days on end of walking and walking the pastures and the open fields of South Dakota. I walked for days by myself. And I did a lot of talking. I did a lot of talking to God and with God. And you know, at that time I was 15 years old and I had some pretty strong, stiff words to God and for God. I just let loose. But you know, maybe I was too naive at the time to think about it. But I was pouring out my sadness, my grief, my anger, my sense of loss. It literally consumed me for days on end. And yet, as I think back on it now, I didn't know it at the time, but it was one of my Emmaus walks. It was an Emmaus walk. And eventually my Emmaus walk brought the presence of Jesus to me through the resurrection witness of a young intern pastor by the name of Emery Johnson, who showered me, who literally showered me and showed me God's grace. The grace of Christ through Emery's very presence who walked with me on that road to Emmaus. Through my journey of loss and grief and sadness and anger and questioning, I had an Emmaus experience. I didn't know it at the time, but that was an Emmaus experience for me. And Jesus came to me in the person of Emory Johnson. This past weekend in Las Vegas, I think it was another Emmaus experience. It was another Emmaus journey for a lot of us. The resurrected Christ was present in and through the faith community that had gathered there at Christ Episcopal Church to intentionally shower, to intentionally Hear what I'm saying here? They gathered to intentionally, to purposefully shower 13 pilgrims, otherwise known as first-time attenders, to intentionally and to purposefully shower them with the grace and the love of Jesus. That's what we did for 72 hours straight, was simply shower them with grace. We love them. We love them with an overwhelming love. And as I reflect back on this past weekend, and as I had opportunity to get to know many of the people who were serving on this VDC team, Via de Cristo VDC team, I came to discover that many of them came to this weekend with their own baggage, with their own brokenness, and many of them came to this weekend as cracked pots, cracked vessels and they were on their own Emmaus roads and yet they were also asked to serve to be on the team with the purposeful intent to love and extend the grace of Christ to those that they would be serving but I believe that they also came they also came with a longing and a desire to see and to hear and to touch the love of Christ to experience the tangible presence to experience the tangible presence of the resurrected Christ in community through worship, through the blessing of the breaking of the bread and the cup in Holy Communion, in fellowship with food, through prayer, in laughter and in silliness, through crazy skits, through humble service to those that they served. The resurrected Christ was present in all of those ways 
through the inbreaking of the Holy Spirit. It was an Emmaus journey. And I love this image and this perspective or this premise that Emmaus is everywhere. If you don't walk away with anything else, I want you to think about and put it into your brain that Emmaus, put it into your heart, Emmaus is everywhere. Professor Sarah Heinrich, she's a theologian and professor at seminary, she says, we can't control the one who opens and closes the eyes, but from this story we might find hope that Jesus walks with us. I believe it's more than hope. Jesus has already promised us, I am Emmanuel. Jesus has already promised us, God with you. I am God with you in the midst of everything. He made it an everlasting covenant with us in our baptism. He sealed us with the Holy Spirit and marked us with the cross of Christ forever. Jesus is with us on our Emmaus walks. Come, Holy Spirit, and open our eyes to see the resurrected Christ revealed to us in our daily walk with you. And I want you to take some time this week to ask yourself the question, where have some of those Emmaus places been for you? Not only will Jesus surprise you, you may have your eyes opened again to something that you had not seen before. Your eyes are going to be opened because Jesus is going to reveal something. Jesus is going to surprise you, and you're going to see something you hadn't seen before as you think back on some of those Emmaus journeys that you've been on. Emmaus is everywhere, and that opens the possibility to newness, to being born anew as Jesus encounters us with his resurrection presence every day. Keep your hearts and your eyes open to the revealing of Christ as you journey with him on your Emmaus walk. Amen. Please join me with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please join me in the prayer that the Lord has taught us to pray. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. 
Go in peace and tell what God has done. And thanks be to God.